Hey there, and welcome to episode 107 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. In today's show, Sarah Delavan, the Good Food CFO and founder of Sarah Delavan Consulting, joins me to discuss the four steps to implementing profit first in your CPG business. Sarah and her team at Sarah Delavan Consulting help good food businesses across the country achieve financial sustainability and profitability. And I'm betting that you guys are already familiar with Sarah as She's been on the podcast before, and she was highlighted as an industry expert inside of our Retail Ready course program, and she generally runs in the same circles that I do. So all of that being said, I am so excited to have Sarah join me and talk about what Profit First is, how it fits into your overall financial strategy, and why the Profit First implementation differs for CPG brands. So let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for about six years, and this year, in 2021, we'll hit our 1,000th brand to enroll in the course. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts. So whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms, I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on to the waitlist to be the first to know when we welcome in new food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands. You can find the waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back to the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Hey, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be back. I know. Gosh, I feel like the last episode we did was about nine months ago. It was in January 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. The roundtable episode. Yeah. With Katie Malezova. We'll have to link that one in the show notes because it was a really good one where, let's see, I was talking about sales strategy. Katie was talking about brand strategy. And you, of course, we're talking about financial strategy, right? Yeah. Three pillars, super important and loved doing that episode with you ladies. Yeah. It was a really, really good one. So we're back, just the two of us, and we are talking about the profit first method. But before we do that, Sarah, I I have to imagine there's bound to be someone listening who doesn't know who you are <laughs> and what your background is. So let's do that 60 second intro of what you do with food businesses, you know, how you got into this, and then we'll transition into talking about profit first. How's that sound? That sounds great. So um, we'll kind of start in the middle of my food industry career. Um, I was a food business owner. Um, I was the co-owner of a pop-up market called The Produce Project in Los Angeles for just over two years. Um, We sourced the best of the best ingredients from farmers in California, ranchers, fishermen. Um, and it was exhilarating. It was amazing. And it was exhausting. Um, (laughs) after two years of running the business, you know, despite doing everything right, right. Like pricing our products the way we were supposed to setting the right cost targets, um, 
just doing everything the way we thought we should. And, and, and like I said, we're supposed to, we were not financially sustainable. We Mm -hmm. weren't able to pay ourselves enough to sustain, you know, our lives to sustain the business. And so we made the really tough decision to close. And it was that moment, um, that everything sort of changed for me. It was super pivotal. And I realized number one, what an impact a good food business closing has on its customers Mm. and community, but also like how are good food businesses supposed to be successful? Like we're doing all the right things, but it's not working out. Like what needs to change? And so I became keenly aware of, you know, other food businesses similar to ours that were closing. And I took a really amazing job as a buyer at a great Mm -hmm. uh, catering company. And in that role, I really asked questions, you know, cause that business too was sourcing the best ingredients was yep. doing amazing in sales, but was struggling yep. financially. So it dug into the work. What are the right targets? How do we do this? How do we be financially successful? Yep. Did a lot of learning, took that learning on the job and implemented it with other businesses after the fact. And then eventually took a step into consulting. And now I help good food businesses, both in the CPG, you know, part of the industry, as well as caterers and food trucks to build financially sustainable and profitable businesses. And it's my favorite. (laughs) Gosh. I mean, I think about you as in that buyer role and what a gift you must have been to that (laughs) business to have a buyer who was keenly aware of financials and who wanted to, you know, ensure that you were purchasing and managing inventory in a sustainable way. Yeah. I mean, maybe a benefit in the long run, but probably a pain in the butt in the beginning, you know, <laughs> asking questions like, you know, why are we paying this much for this product? Or, yep. you know, Hey, this, this item doesn't seem priced right, you know, and really digging into it. But at the end of the day, we learned so much, you yeah. know, there are these yeah. industry standards that just don't apply to businesses like yeah. you and I work with. And so I think it's important to, to share that and to talk about what can work. Yeah. And I think it's so valuable to have that lesson, like you said, where you, with your first business, where you did everything right. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine the, the feeling there, the, like the, the, the struggle there where it's, it's almost like you look around and you're like, what gives like, yeah, <laughs> we we're doing everything right. And we're still not profitable. Like, yeah. What the and, heck? and what it produced for us. And what I've also seen in uh, other food business owners is this mentality of like, well, I'll just work harder mm-hmm. and sell more. And that will work mm-hmm. out. Cause if I'm doing all the right things, it must just be that I need to sell more and then it will all yeah. work. That's where yeah. the exhaustion <laughs> sets yeah. in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's so interesting because on the one hand, it is a volume, it can be a volume mm-hmm. game in food businesses. Like there is something real about needing to sell a certain number to hit your yeah. revenue goals. Yeah. But it doesn't always have to be this constant grind to increase sales if the back end isn't set up correctly, right? Exactly. If you're not yep. profitable, who cares how much your revenue is? Exactly. And that's the crux of what we do is in, you know, you may have heard me say this before about building a profitable business from the inside out. Mm. Um, that is really all about ensuring that as your sales grow, your profits grow too, right? Yeah. Or, and when we talk about profits, we're talking about, yes, the extra money, you know, yep. that's in the business, but being able to pay yourself a good wage, right. From your business. Um, 
being able to pay your business taxes, you know, from your business, not yeah. out of your own pocket, yeah. um, being able to repay any debt that you have, like all of these things, you know, we want to be able to do that. And yeah. when you push and push and push and sell more, and you still, you know, aren't getting any closer to achieving mm. your financial goals or, or paying any of those things, it, it can be really painful. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, eventually when businesses close too, right? Like there, you can only do it for so long, right? Yeah. Like there, there comes a point where you're like, I imagine, right? Like I don't have my own package food business, but as a business owner, right? Like if you don't hit your goals at some point, like you can only sustain it for so long before yeah. stress, burnout, anxiety, take over. all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. Right. <laughs> right. And so I, Sarah, I'm really excited to have you come on the podcast and talk about this, this idea of profit first, because I'm, I'm familiar with it from outside of the food industry. Yeah. And I'm, but I have, I, I don't, I'll admit here on the podcast, I don't implement this in my own business. It's not a strategy that we use, but I, I know so many other entrepreneurs who have had success outside of the food industry with the system. So I'm, I'm just thrilled to hear your take on it and talk about how it can, can fit into the CPG model. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it with you because I too had not heard of it before the earlier this year. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a unique take for the food industry, um, yes. which I know we're going to dive into in, yeah. in a bit. So I'm excited to talk about it as well. Okay, cool. So Sarah, let's, I think we should start like high level here yeah, and really talk about, I mean, I guess the most simple question is what is profit first? <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I know it as a book, um, yeah. but maybe I'm misguided there. Like what, what the heck is profit first? Yeah. Profit first is a book. Um, I okay. believe it's a like national bestseller, potentially multiple okay. times over. I don't have okay. all my stats um, on, <laughs> right. on the book itself, but what the book presents is essentially a cash flow management system or a cash flow management tool. So okay. we think of it at Sarah Delavan Consulting as um, the implementation tool. So once mm. we've built our financial strategy, we know what goals and targets we need to hit or want to hit to achieve our financial goals. We can yep. utilize profit first as a strategy or a system to help yep. us actually achieve those goals. I imagine I'm, for those who are listening and not watching the recording, I'm smiling here because I'm kind of like laughing to myself because I imagine there are so many food businesses, Sarah, whom you've worked with and they get their financial models and they're like, okay, thank you. Thank you. And then they never look at them again. And they're like, okay, this is overwhelming. Like I, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, thank you for your work, Sarah, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So it's funny because when I first started consulting, it was project-based mm. and it was very much like that. It was very yeah. much like we would do the work. We would create the strategy. There would be a 12 month plan, you know, amazing. Go yeah, be successful. People loved you. Yes. Yes. And I remember checking in with people three or six months later and they would literally say to me, we haven't looked at it. Like we've been so busy. Everything is just so crazy and whatever's going on. And so we haven't looked at it. And at that point I thought, okay, something needs to change and it can be the structure mm -hmm. of how I work with businesses. So we transitioned to 12 month services. So we yep. can create the plan up front, create the strategy, and then check in with each other once yep. a month, at least to make sure you're on track and to get yep. support as you need it. But even still, the actual act of how you spend your money. Yep. If you, if you don't, for some people, 
if you don't have clear sort of guidelines um, or even a structure for doing that, it's easy to lose sight of your goals and targets. It's easy to lose sight of like, oh, how much have I spent on my operating costs this month? Or how much have I spent on my cost of goods sold this month? And it's not until the end of the month during that review session that you go, shoot, we didn't hit our goals. Right. Right. And then it becomes this potential cycle of like, oh, I'm bad at this. And it's like, you're not right. It's if there's a tool that can help us, like why not implement it? And it's one of the reasons that I love profit first so much because it's something to help business owners with implementation if they need it and if they want it. Right. Cause there's nothing worse about looking at that PNL at the end of the month and being like, oh shoot, I'm in the red. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it, and it's, and it's too late at that point. Like, what do you, what do you do at that point? Yeah. Okay. So Sarah confirm for me. So you discover this, this method of process of, of profit first. And you're like, this is a process that like we can implement with our clients. Then what did you do? Yeah. So I, it's funny. I have to tell you that I heard about the book about two years prior to ever reading it. Mm, Yeah. And I just think it's interesting and funny um, to say that (laughs) Um, it was introduced to me by Kat from Farmer's Market Pro. She asked if it was, you know, if I had read the book, if there was any similarities into my approach. I was like, oh, I never read the book, but profit first, like, sounds like we probably have some things in common. (laughs) Yeah. Like, of course (laughs) I want you to be profitable. Like, yeah. And then every like couple of weeks or every couple of months for two years, strangers would reach out to me, you know, via Instagram or Mm. via our, our general email and say like, Hey, do you utilize profit first in your, Mm. in your work? And I would politely answer them kind of not letting on that I hadn't read the book because I kind of was like, maybe I need to read this. So finally (laughs) at the beginning of 2021, I read the book and I was like, Oh, why did I wait so long to do this? It became very, very clear to me that this could be an extension. Like I said, to, to the work that we already do. Yes. With business owners. But it also was really clear to me that this wasn't, as I say, an off the shelf solution for food Mm, businesses. Um, It's more so designed for service based businesses and sort of, I don't know if this is the right kind of wording, but like historical businesses, like you know, mm, contractors. Like a, and Yeah. I was going to say like a mom and pop landscaping company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. use actually landscapers in the book as an example. They use home builders as an example, okay. like <laughs> dentists, like there's just sort of like one model, you know, right. Food businesses as a whole yeah. are completely different than those totally. types of businesses. And then when totally. you start digging into the various types of food businesses, even within CPG based yep. on, you know, what your product is, what channels you're selling, sure. to, what the goals are of the business owners, sure. right? They're like, they're also completely different. So yeah. I really felt like this could be helpful. I yep. see the potential in this, but yep. I need to know more. And so I don't know how I realized it, but they have a certification program. Okay. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to talk about this on any level, if I'm going to mention this to any of my clients, like I really want to know what is up and I really want to tailor (laughs) this for food businesses. So I admittedly went to the first meeting where you kind of interview them and they interview you to see if you're the right fit for the program. And I was a a little bit playing hardball, like, Hey, (laughs) for food businesses, you know, this is not like, they're like, totally, this is customizable. That's why you're the expert, like blah, blah, blah. And so they welcomed me into the group with open arms. And from day one, I, I have a coach. Mm-hmm. inside the program. And her name is Liz. And she was like, let's talk about it. Like, let's hash mm-hmm. it out. What mm-hmm. doesn't work for a food business and why? And she was so great at like pushing back and really challenging my beliefs and, and making sure that I was solid on what I 
believed in what I understood. Yes. And the process was so great. I ended up leaving the sort of, I'm still in the program, but, yep. but at the end of it, it was like new tools, better tools yes. and a really firm understanding of how to translate this really cool system that I believe is yes. so beneficial specifically to food businesses, regardless of, you know, if you're in CPG or not yes. and what type of CPG business you run. Oh my gosh. I love this for two reasons. First off, because I'm sure we're going to have some listeners who have read Profit First and they were like, Mm-mm, can't work for me. Like, yeah. you know, there are naysayers for every single strategy. And so I love that you went into the certification almost being a naysayer and like poking holes in their strategy and really um, advocating for these CPG brands and kind of arguing why it wouldn't work only to prove yourself wrong. I, yeah. I love this. And I love that you had Liz as a coach to, to mentor you through that and really help you figure out what is working for your, you know, what can work for your clients. I think that's, I, I yeah. love that, Sarah. <laughs> Thank um, you. And I think I went into it being a little, you know, questionable or mm-hmm. qu- being questioning because I wanted to know that they were open-minded that, mm, you know, it, it would have yeah. been a really big tell to me if they were like, Nope, this is the way. Right. This is the way, and right. this is the only way. And they right. weren't like that at all. And, and that just right from the first moment I said, okay, these are people I can work with yeah. and I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. Oh, I love that. And then the second thing I was going to say, you and I were talking offline about this, but I, you know, I'm going through a coaching certification program and you asked like, you know, why I felt obligated yeah. to do the certification. And it, I just love that you and I are so aligned there. And if we are going to teach something, if we are going to sell something as a service, we need to um, like put in the work ourselves yeah. and, and really become experts in something that we are, are then passing along to, to our audience. Yeah. Um, I imagine, you know, like the coaching industry, the you know financial strategy, financial consultant, accountant, bookkeepers, like they're, there's a lot of things that that go on, um, services that are sold and and lack of capability yeah. over there. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, sometimes folks come to me and say, I've, I've worked with someone else in the past and I sort of got led yeah. in the wrong direction or they maybe just didn't have a firm understanding of food businesses. And so sure. it's important to me to stay in that lane of food businesses. That's where my experience is. That's where my knowledge is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to consult for a, you know, construction right. firm, right? Oh like gosh. I wouldn't do yeah. that. And yes. Yeah. Just as you said, if I definitely can't read a book and claim yourself to be an expert. Right. And I continue <laughs> and to yet learn. People do. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. And it's, I think the coolest thing about the certification program too, is that, um, you have a group of people who are working mm. in the financial fields who yeah. are, you know, they're just comrades of yours now. Right. And you can learn a lot from one another and you can keep peeling back the layer of how to help your clients and how to implement profit first in even the trickiest of situations. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally on, on the same page with you. It's it's important to learn before you teach. Yes. Yes. Gosh, we could end the podcast right there. Right. Sarah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you are the only food business consultant who is certified in the profit first method. That is correct. At the time of this recording, I'll put a caveat on it, but at the time of this recording, I am the only, yeah, food business consultant um, certified in profit first, which is, it feels real weird. You know what I mean? There's people certified around the world. um, Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes to show that this industry needs attention, Yeah, you know, that there's, 
uh, there are kind of old ways, slightly outdated ways um, of doing things. And as I described in my own story, they don't always work. Um, and they certainly don't work for businesses who are pushing the envelope, who are doing things yeah. new, who are innovating, who are trying to change the food system on, on, you know, one level or, or another. So I'm excited to currently be the only one. And I welcome <laughs> others to join us because like I said, I, I, I believe in the, the system and the strategy. Yeah, of of course you do. Okay. So why let's, let's transition into these four steps, but before we do, can you tell us like on a high level, how that the profit first implementation is different for CPG brands than, than some of those like, you know, mom and pop brands that are businesses that we talked about? Yeah. So this may be a little like extra detail for those who haven't mm-hmm. read the book yet, but I'll okay. do my best to kind of describe the really the two biggest differences um, from the book to how we implement it with CPG brands in particular. The mm-hmm. big one is that cost of goods sold is yep. an important area of focus um, in terms of your finances, right? Um, in, in a food business. Sure. The way that Profit First thinks about these is to say that first of all, they don't deal with cost of goods specifically. They work with this category Mm -hmm. called materials and subs. So these are like your materials and any subcontractors that essentially equate to 25% of your top line revenue. So if you're spending 25% or more on these expenses, um, they go into this materials and subs category. Yep. Everything else falls into operating expenses. It doesn't work for food businesses. I think if we're going to get real clear on how a business is operating and and how to make it financially sustainable, we've got to look at all costs of goods sold together. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's a big switch that we make is that materials and subs doesn't really exist in our world. Cost of goods sold does. And we're looking at all of them. We're looking at your ingredients and your packaging. We're looking at your production labor. And we're also Mm. looking at what I call your other cogs. So think about your merchant fees. You can't sell a product today, right? How many people sell their products via cash, right? Like nobody. Yeah. Um, Farmers market folks, I'm sure, but the vast majority of sales (laughs) these days happen and merchant fees are involved. That money comes out of the sale price of your product. You never get to see that. So to shove that down into your operating costs, I think gives an incorrect Mm. look at what's really happening in your financials. So the cool thing about when you've got all of your costs of goods sold together is you can say, okay, here's my top line revenue. All of these costs of goods sold are coming out of that right out of the top. And what I'm left with is what Profit First calls real revenue. And I love this so much because what real revenue is essentially is the money that you actually have. It's like the cash in your bank account, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. To pay for your operating expenses, to pay yourself as an owner, to reserve for profit, right? To repay any of your debts. Yeah. So one of the things that, that we share is that real revenue number, but how we yeah. arrive at it is, is mm. quite different between the two. Yep. Um, the other big difference is they use something called target allocation. Um, percentages. So very similar to what we do Uh, at Sarah Delavan Consulting is what are our COGS targets, right? What do we want those to be? What's our operating expense um, percentage, right? Our target percentage. They've got some formulas. For example, if you make $250,000 a year, the breakdown of your allocation should be XYZ. Yeah. 
a food business owner who takes a look <laughs> at those numbers inside of the book is going to say, that is not possible. Yeah. There's no way I can have production help and hit these goals. Right. right. So what we do and what we've been doing you know, since the yeah. launch of, of our business is talking about what we call your financial success formula. Mm-hmm. Every single food business is going to have a different formula. And right. so rather than sticking to these kind of predetermined allocations, we go through the process of identifying where do you specifically need to be as a business yes. and let's move toward achieving those goals. So those are the two really big differences yes. um, between the book and, and how we do things specifically for CPG. Yes, that makes so much sense. And and Sarah, you you kind of you brushed past this, but I I want to reiterate that there that these target percentages that you are designing in a financial success formula are unique to each individual yeah. business, right? Yeah. Because I imagine like you get this question, I get this question in retail ready all the time. Like, what should my yes? <laughs> what should my profit margin be? What should my yeah. labor like percentage be? What should be my like whatever. I mean, yeah. anything. Yeah. And I'm like, it. Yep. it depends. I can't yeah. give you, can't give you a, um, yeah. Hard number that you're supposed to be. I'll share an example with you. And I use okay. this example often, but I have one client whose ingredient and packaging costs alone are 46% mm. of her mm. revenue. Okay. Seems too high, right? Some people right. would be like, like, could it, no. could it yeah. possibly? Yeah. She's doing fine. She <laughs> is paying herself. She is profitable. And it's because of the structure of her business. Her operating right. costs are next to nothing. Yeah. So, you know, she's, her margins are wonderful. She created a model that worked for her. Oh. Other food businesses that I work with have to hit, you know, 20 to 25% in some cases yep. for the ingredient and packaging yep. because of how the rest of their business functions and operates. Right. right. Um, and it's not to say that like, these numbers won't change. They absolutely will change. Yep. As you introduce new sales channels, as yes. you grow your team, as you just create new goals for your business. Yes. They will change. They'll ebb and flow. But yeah, it's literally, I've never worked with two businesses that have the same financial success. Yeah. Formula. Oh, thank you. I'm going to like take this as a little snippet and drop it right into retail ready when people ask me this question. So thank you. You're thank so you welcome. That, Sarah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about these four steps. I, yeah. I know our, our listeners are, are eager. So what, what's the first step? The very first step is what we call a profit assessment. And this is really all about understanding where you are now financially in your business. And so we've got tools and we've got, you know, an online version of this where folks can do a profit assessment on their Mm. own, sort of under my guidance. Um, And then we've got a full service profit assessment as well, regardless of which path someone chooses, or if they choose to do it on their own, the ultimate goal here is to understand, you know, where's my money going in my business? What are my costs of goods sold? Right. And how do they break down into those three primary categories? And I'll share a little bit of insight. So, so three big things we're looking at, and and maybe this will turn some light bulbs on for some listeners. You've got to have positive real revenue. Right. Mm. So if you're selling your product and after (laughs) you deduct those costs of goods sold, you have zero dollars or negative negative, you'll never be able to achieve financial sustainability, right? Because even if you sell a million dollars worth of product, if you're, if it takes a million and one to produce and sell it, you don't have the money to operate successfully. Right. And how many times Sarah, have you heard people say like, Oh, when I scale, 
I'll be profitable. I always always hear that. And it just makes me, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it just makes me so frustrated because I I, I just don't see, (laughs) I don't see the logic in that. Yeah. I mean, I understand like cogs going down and stuff. Like I I get that, but like, you've got to be profitable to have a business. Right. And, and to be clear too, we generally work with businesses that are between like launch and say Mm. five years. Yep. You got to get through those first two years of business. Once you get past those first two years, you got to get past those first five, you know, the next three to get to the future. So why it frustrates me on two levels. One, (laughs) be sustainable now. Now, You can lower your prices in the future if you actually do achieve some sort of savings due to scale. But guess what? People have scaled and fuel prices have gone up. Jar yes. prices have gone up. Yes. Lid prices There's have gone always up. Right? Something that is going oh. to go. So up. much is out of your control, yeah. um, including your sales numbers, right? Like you, yes. you can't always control that. So yeah. you have to, I always say, build a profitable business from the inside out. And it yep. starts with having positive real revenue. Okay. And that's going to be laid out right in front of your eyes when you do this profit assessment. The next thing you want to see is, do I have enough real revenue to cover my operating expenses? Mm, Right? Yep. Am I spending more on operations than I actually have available to me? That tells you a lot about your business. Yep. And then once you kind of go through those two check marks, okay, do I have a positive net income? Yes or no. Right. (laughs) And if I do great, the next thing I want to look at is, can I pay myself? Can I repay my debts? Can I, can I take care of these other things? Because here's another little snippet, something I think that might be, you know, a great soundbite is that there's a difference between operational profitability and business profitability. Mm. Operational profitability is what you see at the bottom of your P and L the day-to-day operations, right. Of my business are profitable, but there's more money going out the door beyond the day-to-day operations. And I yes. see this often yeah. businesses who are profitable on the PL, but yep. cash flow negative yes. year to year yeah. in their business. Yeah. yeah. And so step number one of the profit assessment, like if that's all that you did, if you yeah. walk away from yeah. the podcast, that's all that you do. You're going to have so much valuable oh information gosh. at your fingertips yeah. about the finances of your business and even the next steps that you can take to, to start improving it, yeah. whether you decided to implement profit first as the final step or not. Totally. And I imagine this first step is can feel really daunting to people, right? I feel like there's so many people who it's almost like a head in the sand. I'm not a numbers person. Like, we're making sales. Like it's good enough for me. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want to look at the reality of it. And I think that, um, that's a dangerous, you can only stay in that position for so long, right? Yeah. It's much more stressful to not know what's happening Mm -hmm. than to, as they say, right. Rip off that bandaid and and take a look because you can actually create change once you know what's going on. And I'll say this too, you know, we take pride. I take pride in making things as simple as possible for folks. Mm -hmm. So, We've created tools for the profit assessment where all you have to do is enter some numbers and the tool does the rest for you. (laughs) And so, you know, you don't have to be quote a numbers person to, to get that, that value from it. So I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, like, I don't want people to go through their business, not knowing and being overly stressed out. I, I too have clients who come to me. They'll have that first meeting where we're reviewing the profit assessment and they'll say, I know the numbers are terrible. I know it. Like I'm just, I'm prepared for everything to, and it's like, Hey, you're, you're doing good. Like, yeah, 
you're doing good. And what we can now see is how to get things to be even better. So, and yes. then they'll say, oh. oh, wow. I'm so glad I did this because I feel so much better. Yes. I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. Yes. And that and stress that. relief that like, oh, that gift that you give them. I love that. Okay. So what's number two? So step number two, once we know where we are right now is identifying that financial success formula. Mm, so yeah. if we, for example, are not as profitable as we want to be, or if we have certain goals that we want to achieve financially in the business, we can see how do our numbers look now and what do mm-hmm. they need to look like? For mm-hmm. example, what does our target COGS percentage look like that's yep. going to get us a good real revenue percentage that's going to yep. help us be sustainable today and then also you know into the future? Yeah. And we set those targets. We get really clear on them. Um, during our process, we do a goal setting Um, exercise. And I think that that's really important too, because it helps you frame your goals. Right. And so instead of asking that question, like you described earlier, like what should my cost of goods sold be? It's what do I need them to be to achieve Mm. the goals that I have for my business? So it's a, a bit of a mindset shift. It's a bit of a focus shift and it kind of helps you determine your own goals and hopefully get comfortable and confident in doing that with our support, of course, if of you course. were to, you know, yeah. to work with us, but, but really you can guide this and, and I can help you by making recommendations. And then yeah. once you've got that formula, once you know, okay, here's our targets, here's where we yep. want to be. Step number three is creating a rollout plan. And okay. this is big because how many times have you set a goal or maybe <laughs> known someone who set a goal and you're like, okay, boom, zero to a hundred, like overnight, we're going all in. <laughs> Right. Uh, yes, that that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and in some instances, especially under financial, you know, um, circumstances, it's hard to succeed when yeah. you, for example, slash your costs by fifteen yeah. percent overnight. Like no yeah. one's asking you to do that here. It's not sustainable. It can be harmful yeah. to your product. It can be harmful to your the well being of your team, to your service, all of these things, right? So when we talk about sustainability, we're not just talking about being financially sustainable, but also right sustainably approaching our targets and our goals so that we can succeed. So we create a rollout plan based on how urgent is it for you Mm. to achieve these goals? For some businesses, we need to do it in the next six months or within a year, because if not, we we aren't going to have enough money to keep going for other businesses. It might be, you know, a year and a half or what have you. Right. So it just depends on the age of the business and kind of where they're at, but we create a rollout plan. And so Quarterly, you've got a set of targets that you can strategically approach. And once you have that, then it's time to implement your profit first strategy because now you know what are my targets that I need to hit right now. Mm. And then what you do inside of profit first is you say, okay, for example, if my cost of goods sold grand total target is, let's say, 30%, then 30% of your revenue gets tucked away into a bank account specifically for cost of goods sold. So you know that you've got enough money to, you know, pay for those items. When the time comes, you might have 30% going to operating costs, right? You might have upwards of 50% of real revenue, for example, going to owner's pay. Um, You know, very clearly what your financial success formula is and you start making your profit first allocations yep. immediately. And then yes. every quarter you review how you've done, how yeah. are things going? And then you modify your targets and you move one step closer to your goal. Yes. Okay. So this is what I remember from the profit first thing. And in my mind, it was like, 
little envelopes where you're yeah. like putting like a exactly. thousand bucks over here and like yeah. $800 over here. And, and exactly. Like- Some people also call it zero based budgeting. Mm. So okay. essentially all of your money comes into one primary income account or revenue sure. account. Yep. And then typically twice a month, but some folks, depending on their cash flow, currently might mm-hmm. um, allocate money once a week. Yep. You bring that income account to zero mm-hmm. and you, yep. you allocate according to your financial success formula, the yep. different percentages into um, those accounts. And something I want to be clear about, because I'm kind of heard myself talking um, when we talk about COGS being 30%, for example, right? Yeah. Um, that money kind of gets set aside. And then what we have is real revenue. And then mm-hmm. the way we think about real revenue is that that's 100% of the money we have to spend for operating, right? Owner's expense, right? Yes. Profit, all of those things. Yes. So That's another kind of shift, I think, just from the way people generally think about Mm -hmm. business, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Underneath the profit first envelope. So when I say things like 30% operating costs and 50%... It's, um, it's owners already, pay. Yeah. It's already it's, been reduced because we're taking out costs. Exactly. Yeah. My mind is if, if people are watching the video, they just saw me do like a, a funnel shape with my hands, almost yeah. like a, like a V shape. And in my mind, I I've got this image of, you know, your top line, that's got your cogs. And once, you know, your revenue comes in, you take out your cogs and all that. And then it's like that second tier exactly that ends up being your real revenue. Exactly. Yep. And then of course other stuff comes out. (laughs) Yeah. There's stuff on on the bottom. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool the way that, that we illustrate it because cogs are such an important piece is like, you can immediately see in the rollout calculator, if you improve your cogs, how that impacts your real revenue, Oh yeah, even without growing sales. And so we run all of our models as if you don't grow your sales one cent, Mm. Smart. over time, Very right. Smart. And you, and you can still see the impacts and the changes. And so then if you're doing the work inside your business and you're achieving more growth, it kind of full circle, right. To the beginning of our conversation, then the profitability of your business just starts growing exponentially. Yes. Okay. And for me, that, that feels more manageable because I mean, yes, we can control our sales. Yes. Or or we can, we can work on our sales. We can try to increase our sales, but the things that we really have power over are those things internally in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And it's like, you know, some people have reached out and said, you know, I'm afraid to do this because I don't want to be cash strapped or, Mm. you know, um, I, I am afraid to move my money around because I don't think that I'll have enough. And, the idea is not to, like I said, cut costs. We don't want you to be cash strapped. It's about sustainability in all the yeah. ways, right? Yeah. To, and and part of building a financially sustainable business and why profit first is the fourth step in yeah. a four step system is because you have to understand where am I? What are the right targets? Yeah. How, what where what needs to change? Yeah, inside my business. And at the end of the day, like if someone is concerned about being strapped for cash, it's you're not changing the revenue here, right? Exactly. It's the same amount of money. It's just a matter of like where you're storing it in your envelopes or your savings accounts and stuff, right? Your checking accounts. Exactly. But it also is designed to help highlight the questions like, yes, why don't I, why, why, you know, why can't I pay myself? Exactly. Why can't I do that? What, or, or another way to phrase it is what can I change? What can Mm -hmm. I improve, Mm -hmm. um, in order to improve my financial outcomes? Um, 
we want to be asking those questions. I think as CEOs, no matter if it's, you know, you or I running our businesses or the CPG business owners listening, it's our job to ask those questions. Where can I improve? Um, Where can I do better? How can I make my business more efficient, both operationally and financially, right? That's, that's my goal for all businesses always. Oh, Yes. I mean, you're inspiring me, Sarah. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, do we need to change to the profit first method? I, I'm really getting so much value out of this conversation. And I, I can't imagine, you know, like you said, the light bulbs that are going off for our, our CPG listeners here. So a, I'm just finding so much value in thinking about financials in this. And it's, it almost feels like a more empowered way to think about I financials. I love that you use that word. I, I really love that you use that word. That's it, I think it really is all about empowerment. Like think about the first step is looking at your numbers, right? So you can be, what are those of like a flamingo, right? With your head in the sand, right? Um, um, Or is it a, is it a flamingo or is it a ostrich? Ostrich. Ostrich. (laughs) You could be a bird with your head in the sand (laughs) or you could um, look at the numbers and be empowered, right? That's really like right from step number one, you are empowered with information Mm. and all the way through the process. Again, whether you implement profit first or not, right? I I love it. Obviously I'm promoting it. I believe in it, but having information to make informed decisions, I don't know what's more empowering than that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's core to creating a financial strategy. And it's about, you know, when, when you talk specifically about profit first, when you know, there's a thousand dollars in your operating budget, and you've got $1,200 yeah. of expenses. Okay. You've just been <laughs> empowered to right. <laughs> look into why that is and what's going on. Right. Yeah. And what you can do to, to do better. Yeah. And I'll share one more quick little story because sure. I'm a spreadsheet nerd. Right. And yes. clearly, I mean, it probably goes without saying I have all my finances laid out very detailed month to month. I've got projections for the next 12 months. When I made my first profit first allocations into yeah. my bank accounts, it was a game changer. Like the numbers literally matched what was on my spreadsheet, but in the bank accounts, it just became more real. Yeah. And again, empowering because I could see there's actually more dollars in there than I need to spend this month. Mm. There's actually more dollars in this account than my team is going to you know, earn in payroll this month. So can I give them a raise? Can I you know, what can Mm -hmm. I do? How can not only, you know, just the business, but like, how can we change what we're doing for the better in terms of the people inside of our business? It's just, there's, I don't know what the like mentality behind it is, or like what the kind of science is, but like, it's different. I can tell. It, it, I love it's, it's really empowering. And, and then like, yeah, I was going to use that word again too, but like <laughs> how, how fantastic is it to be empowered to make decisions about your business from data rather yeah. than just a gut reaction, right? Like yeah. I, I will be the first to admit that like, I have been there for the first few years of running my business. I was that ostrich with the head in the sand and yeah. I would make decisions, um, you know, being like, oh, I think we can pay this person this rate. Like yeah. that, that salary feels good. Like, oh, yeah. like, you know, like I think I can afford that co-working space, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, our, our cash flow was was changing that I realized that I I had to be more 
thoughtful in the financial decisions. And it was just like you, I mean, like you were saying, like using a spreadsheet or any method, like putting up, yeah. getting that data to make decisions was what um, really, really made the difference. So yeah. I think for our listeners, it's not, it's not too late, right? Like it no. took me years in my business to get to the point where I even looked at the data on a monthly basis. Yeah. And I think, I mean, data on so many levels, right? Like when we talk about um, our finances and our operating costs, it's again, like I want people to understand it's not just about cutting costs, but we'll look at things like what's your return on investment mm, for yeah. this particular expense, right? And yeah. data is what's going to give you that information. So yeah. you know whether or not to continue to invest in that thing, yeah. to increase your investment in that thing because your yep. return is really great or maybe pull back and yes. and invest in something a little bit different. So I love, I mean, data on all fronts. Yeah. And that's really when you step into that role of business owner, CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay, Sarah, you know what I'm going to ask next. How can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find you? We'll link this all in the show notes, but but tell us um, tell us for our listeners as well. Yeah, so I love, love connecting with folks on Instagram. Um, it's the only social media platform that, that I utilize um, personally and professionally. So sarah.delavan.consulting. Um, we've also got a podcast, as you mentioned, The Good Food CFO. So we release new episodes every other Monday. You can learn more about Profit First there. And then you can visit either saradelavan.com or thegoodfoodcfo.com and learn mm-hmm. about the profit assessment and the couple other ways that we support um, food business owners um, through our work. Fantastic. Sarah, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It is a joy to have you on here. I am I am just going to publicly say I want to do another episode with you next year. How about like early 2022? We'll get back and like see where you are in your business and what, you know, what changes you've made and how you've helped businesses with this, this profit first method. How does I that sound? I would love that. Yeah. It's okay. a date. Thank Good. you so much Thank for having you. me, Allie. Thanks for being here. Okay, my whizzes, and thank you guys for listening as always. I cannot wait to see what your strategy is for implementing Profit First, or maybe if you've already put this in place and you've got some big takeaways that you want to share with others. So come join us in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group and share your plans on how you're going to approach your financial goals after this episode. So you can find that Food Biz Whiz Facebook group in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. So don't forget, like I said, I'm going to link all of Sarah's contact information in the show notes as well and her Instagram in there too. So from here, I'll be back next week. We've got a super quick value-packed episode about the most common mistake that I see food founders make when you pitch to wholesale buyers and what to do instead. So make sure to tune in next week. Until then, have a good one. Bye, you guys. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? 
Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.